0: on this episode of AV Week, selling VTC systems in a world of Zoom, getting help on big projects from manufacturers. And Avixis says that the corporate and pro AV market will grow in the next four years. All that and more, next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode three sixty three, recorded Friday, August tenth, two thousand eighteen. Managing expectations.
2: Support for AV Nation
1: is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters, and by HD Base T.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audio visual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to talk about the news and information we've gathered for this week. First and foremost, her name is Corey Schaefer, and she is from QSC. Welcome, ma'am.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, Also with us uh, is Emil. Uh, Emil is a content creator and a fabulous uh, AV professional, also part of the SDN9, and uh, he is from Socialur. Pronounce your company (laughs) again, please. Socialur. Awesome. Socialur. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you, sir. Uh, last but not least, my buddy and pal, and uh, uh, part of this whole Aviation Nation crew. His name is Matt Scott. He has a residential and commercial uh, AV innovation firm in London, Ontario. But he also hosts Resi Week. How are you, sir?
3: I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Matt will also be part uh, part. He'll be the 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 main thrust, uh, the, the the tip of the spear for our CDA coverage.
3: Tip of uh, the spear.
0: I don't know. <laughs> You'll be It'll doing be, an awful lot of interviewing. On, we uh, will. In It'll be a blast.
3: So, It'll be a yeah. blast. Looking forward uh,
0: to it. All right. Uh, let's kick this off here uh, from our friends over at Avixa. They released another one of these uh, market reports. This one more into the, the corporate pro-AV market. Uh, and according to um, their head of market research, Sean Wargo, uh, quote, unquote, what used to be a series of disconnected flagship conference rooms have become communication and collaboration points tied together with networks. What he's talking about is, is the growth, is, they're, they're seeing growth in um, both the, the the corporate, the pro-AV side of, of corporate, um, specifically one and a half percent annually between 2017, from 2017 through through 2022. One and a half percent doesn't sound like a whole lot, uh, except when you, you recognize how big that number really can, can get to. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna start, actually start with you on this. When we got into, um, talking about corporate and talking about the growth and stuff like that. Does this ring true? Not just for, you know, Matt's in Canada, but he also has some, some, does some work in in the U S as well. Does this ring true from not only uh, your clients, but also from the folks that you're talking to?
3: It, It really does. You know, when we, when my company first got into corporate, corporate was a bit of a small pie. If you were not, you know, a fortune 500 fortune 100 company, you weren't doing that much stuff. Uh, just because they weren't using that much technology. Now you walk into any facility, any corporate facility, and it's not uncommon to find, you know, room scheduling systems, uh, digital signage, entry systems, wayfinding, like the list goes on and on before you even get to those traditional conference rooms that you would normally uh, attribute to that corporate environment. Everything we're seeing is pointing to this uh, as far as the numbers that they're referencing. And I would almost question whether they're a little on the light side as far as how much they're saying this is growing. We're seeing it more and more every day and we're seeing the trickle down effect, which is I I really think where uh, some of this increase is really coming from, is it's not just, again, those, those Fortune 100 companies that are heavily investing in this. It's even mom and pop operations that have 30 employees or 20 employees. Everyone is investing in technology in the corporate environment. It's huge.
0: Well, Corey, I want to bring you on this, but from from the QSC side as well, um, they talk about the increase in using the networks and and connecting all these together. QSC obviously is is a big fan of that. And you you guys have done a lot of, of growth over the last three to four years in pushing folks, you know, into the network. Is this something where, Manufacturers are kind of you know making sure that that their dealers are ready for this and have the right not just vocabulary but honestly the full understanding when they go into those meetings so they can honestly you know talk intelligently and have conversations with the IT managers who they're going to be interfacing with.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, we're trying to make sure that a big part of what we're doing at QSD is educating the channel because we're incredibly channel. Uh, friendly. And um, I loved getting this report because I feel like Joe Fam, our CEO, uh, is quite the visionary. And, you know, we really shifted into the corporate sector only three years ago because we introduced a box for uh, the, the meeting room space in 2015 at Infocom. So we haven't been at, you know, really at this level um, until just the last couple of years. And what what i thought was compelling about this as well is so it's not yes everything going on the network also the um the need to have uh spaces that are for all kinds of employees right because we have mobile employees we have employees that come on site and need to collaborate etc so the trend is i think more collaboration so to matt's point the digital signage the scheduling and all of that and these these small teams that have to support it and these integrators that have to get things on the network. And honestly, this sector, I would, I would agree with Matt that I feel like they, um, the size of the market growth it was surprisingly low to what we're seeing at QSC. And it might, again, just because we're new to the space. And, and so it's, you know, so we're seeing it be great opportunity when we really weren't in it uh, five years ago, um, at the level we are today. Um, but I see end users, um, they have incredibly aggressive timelines. We have companies doing consolidations, which means that they're also revamping all of their technology um, to either the company that acquired them standards you know, and so on. I mean, there is just nothing but upside here, but I feel that as a, on the channel part, Tim, uh, the integrators have to speak this language of network. They have to, um, or they'll be um, purchased by maybe a network company. We're starting to see some of that stuff too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We are. Uh, I mean, I want to bring you in on this on a little slightly different angle. Um, in problem. the in the uh, executive summary, it says, quote unquote, both end users and providers of AV solutions tend to agree that the two biggest challenges in past engagements, which I like, are adherence to budget and keeping to timelines consistent with expectations. So timelines and budgets, in other words, look at, looking at a, a, a discrepancy in project management and, and uh, I guess, um, accurate um, forecasting. Emil is is one of the, the more popular, um, very busy digital uh, artists in, in and around Vegas. He has to deal with timelines and budgets, so that's <laughs> why I want to get your two cents on this. What can mm-hmm. you do as as an industry to get better at both project management and, and you know, honestly, more accurately budgeting?
2: So I, I think a lot of times uh, clients, they will... Uh, they will write stuff. They will make a project plan, get everything on paper. And obviously uh, when you're creating uh, immense systems like this, there's always like unforeseen things that you, that you, that you deal with while you're deploying. And uh, the main, the main uh, thing that we do to make sure that we stay in budget, uh, stay in the timeline is we kind of uh, base our previous experience from previous deployments and say, Hey, this, 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 this looks great on paper, but, but, maybe give give yourself some time um uh for 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 this specific uh, aspect and it could be anything like uh, there, there's so much especially when you're working uh, with with it now as well uh there, there could be so many different uh small things that that end up taking a, a big chunk of the time and um uh, so we, we the main thing that we try to do is make people aware of that. Make people aware so that even if it, do, if it does happen, then it's not a surprise, and then we can uh, solve this as a team together, and then you work with uh, the integrators, uh, IT, and basically have a, a plan B ready as well.
1: Um, so you're trying to set expectations up front so that uh, they understand per- perhaps that the timeline's unrealistic. and.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're obviously we're always like, especially when, when uh, here in Vegas, for example, the deployments, they, they, they have a specific deadline because it's like uh, the delivery of the whole building. Um, and uh, I, I think this was also like uh, some of uh, Infocom uh, mentioned in, in multiple uh, talks is that uh, a lot of times uh, the integrators and AV is brought on uh, at a pretty late stadium uh when it comes to uh, to doing all this so um, no
3: i don't believe you <laughs> av was called late to the game
2: so so but i mean I, I i still think that's like something that's doable as long as uh people are aware i mean you must understand that it's not like not your your general uh building manager might not always be aware of the different options uh, that are possible in av and i think it's our uh our job to to uh, like Make them aware of of the different options and different things, and also the different things that can happen. And uh, I always say, like, well, let's let's at least let's uh, at least try it and go for it, and uh, yeah, have a have a plan B and a plan C so that you can quickly switch uh, to those when needed. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Next story here comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine, Uh, Hawaii. uh, um, H u a w e i. I don't know why I'm having a hard time pronouncing things this morning. Um, They connected with, uh, they got Harman, uh, used uh, Harman products to connect over 880,000 employees uh, from the article, quote unquote, to facilitate more efficient communication across its network of more than 180,000 employees. Uh, They hired IT specialist, uh, IntelliSmart technology to install a complete Harman professional solution AV solution capable of streaming high-definition audio uh, and video seamlessly throughout the facility. What obviously they're talking about there is is uh, Harman's Amex SVSI system. Um, it, actually, uh, Emil, I want to come back to you on this on, on the first question here. This is not a small project, right? I and mean, you're talking about, you know, oh. <laughs> a very large facility, a very large deployment. Something like this though is, go back to the, the last uh, talk, Project management and and you know making sure that everybody understands what, what what needs to happen going into this. How do you get a handle on a deployment like this, and how do you, like you said, manage the the customers' expectations?
2: So, in this case, I think it's a very a very 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 impressive uh, project, especially when you talk about the numbers uh, of employees that are using it. So there's a, there's a whole strategy that you have to. Uh, do beforehand and and you basically make almost like a war plan uh where you uh where you uh set up all the all the different points and also set up all the different uh possible pain points and so that goes even beyond a plan b and c that's like a whole uh timeline workflow uh and 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 you 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 definitely need some, uh, some amazing project management uh managers to make sure that all the different teams uh, work together and um, yeah. I, again, I think that's uh, the pre-work is almost more important than the actual deployment.
0: All right, Corey, from the manufacturer standpoint, you most manufacturers, and I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but you can correct me on this. QSC probably has some sort of process where you know I'm I'm you know, AB Nation you know AB Service, and I say, hey Corey, I have a job. <laughs> um yeah. It's 180. I got to do this large job. How do you guys support the, the the dealers in something like this? Because you know, regardless of, of you know somebody's past, there are some jobs that people come across that are like, oh my gosh, this is this is a big fish for us. This is this is a leap for us. How do you guys help dealers kind of reel in these big fishes and, and take take hold of these big projects?
1: We all need to approach it as partners, right? So they have to pull us in as soon as they get alerted to it. Because to Emil's point, it's so much project management. So we need to be able as a manufacturer to look at, first of all, the overall scope of the job, the timeline of it, and then put in um, for demand planning, right? So exactly what products are they going to need, when are they going to need them, you know, et cetera. And that's the biggest challenge we Mm -hmm. manufacturers have. And I was talking to an integrator uh, this morning who said that, you know, uh, many projects they're seeing have aggressive timelines and they're seeing more manufacturers than ever not have product available, right? So, as we're, um, so it's just this juggling act. So when we can approach it with this partner approach, so you know, this huge project didn't just happen, you know, in 90 days and say, hey, we're looking at it. So as soon as the integrator can make the manufacturers aware of it and for everyone to approach it with this partnership in mind, it ensures that uh, timelines can be met. We can all review the diagrams and make sure it's the best and most efficient design. And two things on this one that really jumped out at me was the fact that it was really an IT company doing the integration, right? So not your traditional AV uh, team. And then secondly, the fact that they really use the power of the Harman brand. So when you read the article, it's every solution that they have. So when it's one, it's one source, right? So it's Harman, and then it's for the microphones, the speakers, the video, the control, you know, all of that, it really helps. Uh, them have much more control of the project, which, you know, many of us manufacturers are trying to be that one-stop shop. And this was a beautiful example of the value and power of that.
0: No manufacturers are starting to make <laughs> other products to make sure that we all go to one place. <laughs> never happens. Ever. It's the Sar- first
3: time I've ever seen that <laughs>
0: sarcasm. <laughs> Actually there, there's a really, one of my very good friend of mine who works for a manufacturer and um, and we were talking one day, and, and I mentioned some product, and he's like, "You know, we make that." I said, "Yeah, you make everything. What do you want? You know, what? what you can't can't talk to you know, you can't talk to this person over here because you make everything." So,
1: yeah. Um,
0: Mr. Matt Scott, from a, a dealer standpoint, Corey makes a good point about bringing the deal the, the manufacturer in early. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how do you, how do you make the best use of that uh, without nothing against manufacturers? They do want as much as they can get because they're, they're making money. You're trying to make money, but there may be solutions that yes, they may make it, but it may not make sense. So how do you balance that?
3: You, you know, that always comes down to really to Emil's point, the pre-planning side of it. Okay. When you have your initial uh, meetings with your clients and you're looking at projects of this scale or, you know, even smaller projects you always have to look at the combination of you know the solution you're trying to provide the budget you're trying to solve and the the least amount of headaches involved so if it's something where you can go to you know manufacturer a and get 80% of your product and solve that solution with 80% coming from one supplier that's fantastic but if you as the integrator the you know really the the people that are on the front lines deploying this and ultimately accountable for it if you look at something and say, you know what, I know that, you know, manufacturer A has 80% of this, but one of those lines I know is going to cause me headaches, problems, or issues. Uh, not necessarily because it's a bad product, just because of the solution. It's, it's up to you to realize and, and hopefully know that, and be comfortable really, that you can go to that manufacturer, loop them in, and say, hey, I need 60% of, the, of what you have for this. I realize you have 80, but this, you know, that other 20% uh, that we're getting from you or, or could get from you is going to a different manufacturer. Yeah, and I
1: think if, if you just partner and be straight yep. up, I mean, it, everyone well, that's appreciates the thing. that.
3: You, you have to be honest with it. And, you know, I had a, a meeting with a supplier yesterday and he was trying to sell me on one of his lines and I'm like, you know what? We are locked in solid with this other manufacturer. I'm not going to waste your time. I respect you enough not to waste your time as you try and pitch me on something we're not going to sell. And when it comes to solutions, especially solutions of this magnitude, you have to be able to hold your own against uh, any pushback from a manufacturer. And, you know, maybe they will convince you that, you know, they can provide as much of the solution as they want to. Maybe they can't, but if you as the end user is the one who's going to, or sorry, as the uh, integrator is going to be the one who is held accountable for the project. Very rarely, uh, will an end user skip over the dealer or the integrator and go to the manufacturer and yell at the manufacturer? They're going to yell at the integrator. So you have to be comfortable and bold enough to stand your ground if you know, these kind of conversations come up. But at the end of the day, you know, Corey hit it right on the head. You have to work those partnerships. And if it is a true partnership and if you are partnering with you know, people well and you have a good relationship, they'll understand that. If I come to Corey and tell her, you know, we need part A, B, and C, but not D, D's going to somebody else, she's not going to, hopefully, get upset with me. She's right. going to respect that.
1: Right.
0: And, and I will say most will understand that.
3: And that's why I said, <laughs> yeah, hopefully she'll understand that.
0: Yeah. No, and no, Corey will. Corey yeah, it,
3: right, but just as right. the example. I've heard stories, and you told me some stories. I've heard stories. I have some. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into them today. I don't want I don't want to be sued today, Tim. I don't don't want you to paint this. Tim, I'm not getting sued today.
0: Every manufacturer is is hunky dory and
3: plays well with others because they simply don't. Well and that's that's specifically why I said you have to be bold enough to stand your ground. Yeah. But one
1: ask one ask I would have though as a manufacturer side is that um, for that to be, take a back seat, and for first and foremost, whenever there are projects, especially of this magnitude, that every potential player be brought in, even if, if you're unsure what manufacturer you're going to use, mm-hmm. right? Just everybody be brought in early because the earlier everybody is brought in, uh, and if it's approached as a partnership at the end of the day, going to be a much better product delivered. Of course. And everybody just has to uh, agree that, you know, it's only an opportunity, it's not a guarantee. I was going to say, right?
0: wouldn't you be sad, though, if you, if you don't get, I mean.
3: Well, it's, it, but, it, but million, again, it's it, the $50 million project, Corey. Oh, no, just kidding. It, it, well, it's <laughs> also, though, that fact that you, as the dealer, you have to make your potential partners aware that you have a lead on something of this scale. Because otherwise, one, they're hopefully going to be able to look at you and and be honest and say yeah we can supply that if this comes to fruition we can supply that we can support that if they can't hopefully they'll tell you right and if if you've gone ahead and you know we've run into this in house of worship where we've spec product that is not obtainable within the timeline required and if we had brought you know that manufacturer on board early enough as we were looking through our multiple suppliers and said, Hey, we're looking at this project. We need this amount of, you know, led board or we need whatever that product is or that solution is. If we'd brought them in early, they could have sat back and said, yeah, we're going to be like a 16 week lead time versus another manufacturer who might be four. It's again, it it really, Emil hit it right when he said that this is really the the pre-planning is almost more important than not only the technology, But the end result, if you don't plan for it properly, it doesn't matter how good your partnerships are, how good anything is. I can be best friends with Corey and that doesn't necessarily mean that their factories can pump something out four weeks earlier than they normally could. It just At the end of the day, you have to pre-plan, you have to be bold, you have to uh, keep your thumb on these kind of projects, otherwise they'll eat you alive, no matter how big you are.
0: All right, uh, final story here from actually from our old buddy uh, Dan Newman from Futurum. Uh, he writes in Commercial Integrator, uh, actually really good article about UCC. Uh, he writes quote unquote, integrators have the opportunity to continue to offer tremendous value while building out a business model that means video conferencing and collaboration needs. What struck me about this article was actually the title which is the question I'm actually going to ask all three of you. Corey, we'll start with you on this. Have FaceTime, Google Hangout, and Zoom made it hard to sell video conferencing.
1: So, um, I also love the title and this is exactly what I'm seeing. So I think it's hard. It makes it hard to sell your traditional hard codec video conferencing. Absolutely. And this, so this is a a technology trend shift and people, many end users have shifted to these easier soft codecs because Every, every one of their users are using them in some way, as the article said, from FaceTime, Zoom, you know, uh, all of these things, we're using them every day in our lives. So we wanna be able to use them in, in our offices. And so, but it creates a new opportunity, in my opinion, uh, which is, instead of having video conferencing rooms that are just um, set aside for that purpose, because that's how we used to see them, they're very high-end, expensive, et cetera, Soft codec is very inexpensive and, uh, you know, uh, super easy for the user. So now pulling those into those larger rooms where these, quote, Zoom rooms and these just having a laptop doesn't cover it, right? So these training rooms, these divisible rooms, these all hand spaces. So when you want, you still want to keep the same platform, maybe it's Zoom, but Zoom doesn't offer... Uh, all of the tools to do that big integration, but you should, but should still be able to use the Zoom platform when you're doing an all-hands meeting with your 180,000 employees or when you're uh, doing a training room and you need to divide it up, your users are familiar with the platform. And that just takes a huge headache off of the support for that end user. So just find ways now to integrate that in with all the other technology.
0: Yeah, Matt. Same kind of question to you. Whether it's in, obviously, in the whole, a whole lot of video conferencing in, in residential, but in the commercial stuff that you do, mm-hmm.
3: are these platforms making it harder to sell? <sighs> yes and no. I'm going to take a Switzerland approach. Um, they are. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Or a Canadian approach. How about that? It's yeah. See, you pretty know, close.
0: You you have not been very nice here in the last week. So you no, know.
3: we've been very loud. It's You've been very rare. Loud. Yeah. Or me personally, or the country. What are you saying? Well, you're always loud. Exactly. <laughs> I hang out with you a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so yes and no. The, the benefit that these products have afforded all of us, uh, as manufacturers, I'm assuming, and definitely as, as integrators is that before when you would walk into, I, I remember when we first started trying to sell Cisco telepresence, you would walk into a, a, a client and try to explain to them the concept of video conferencing and, and calling and, the majority of them had never experienced it. The flip side is now you walk into that larger space and you know, you have your conversation about what they're using and, and how you can make it work in that room. And they look at you and you go, well, I just FaceTime from my phone, right? So we could just mirror that to the projector. It'll be fine. You now have to actually work harder to sell the benefit of your expertise and your, your company's expertise to know, the proper solution, not necessarily the delivery method, but the proper solution for that space and uh, for their, their work system. If you can figure that out and and prove that you understand how they work and how they need to use a system, the platform doesn't matter and you can very easily make that sale. The problem becomes is too often we either get hung up on you know, whether it's Google or Zoom or, or whatever and we don't move... Our, our end users pastor, we don't explain to them the drawbacks of trying to use, you know, a, a single conference mic in a space that seats 20 people. Yeah, the With shortcomings
1: most, of the platform.
3: Yeah, yeah. And the, the platforms are fantastic. Some of their auxiliary pr, uh, hardware doesn't fit all the spaces. And that's the biggest issue is they look at it and go, well, I've got a $1,500 room over here. That's my great huddle room. I'm sure I can use that in my executive boardroom that seats 32. It's it's properly positioning yourself again as the expert, but being able to articulate that information to your end user in a way that they understand.
1: And I see if- that trend also where mm-hmm. uh, where the they're sold on the platform or the particular room type for $1,500, but the end user is then trying to take that and put it as a one size fits all. And so it's just education. And I think the platform wouldn't want you to sell this solution in a room that it's not equipped for either, because it then makes the platform seem like it's not a good fit.
3: No, not at all. And, you know, I I was watching Twitter the other day when this article first came out and there was a lot of buzz about it from some, some of our friends in the industry. And, you know, at the end of the day, Zoom, just to use that, because A, we're using it right now uh, as the example, they definitely do not want you to use, you know, again, a small huddle space in an all hand space, because then it, it, it gives the impression that their equipment is, sucks.
1: Right. And, and on, they and want on the that best point, experience. They were at Infocom this year mm-hmm. as an exhibitor. And prior to it, they actually hosted an event for integration partners. Yeah. So, you know, I think they really see the value of the integrator. And right. then at Zoomtopia, they've got one, you know, they do this event uh, called Zoomtopia, and they're spending a day talking about integration into other room types.
3: Yeah. And I, I think sometimes one of the things that you have to do uh, as an integrator when you have that project, sorry to cut you off, Tim, um, is to go in. And if someone, you know, some local IT manager or whoever in that space is making a decision to say, hey, we're going to take this huddle space and put it into a large environment, let them do it. Let them do it for a month. Let them do it for six months and then schedule a meeting, come back and talk to them about their experience. Maybe they're happy with it. And if they are, then great, no complaints. But nine times out of 10, they're gonna have some pain points, they're gonna have some issues that you can then address. And then it's not so much of, oh no, you can't do that. It's more of the, so it didn't work, let's let's look at some options to make this work better
0: yeah I mean I want'm moving on this from a, from because what we're doing is we're moving from hardware to software right yeah exactly. how do you how do you migrate uh, both as a company and, and as, as a team as your clients are moving that way
2: well I, I think uh, I, th- I the main thing is, is that it's moving more towards experiences as well so I think when we're uh, talking about all these different video conferencing integrations uh, you you also have the ability to uh, brand to uh, to do different uh, white label gray label options. But again, uh, same with Matt and Corey also mentioned has a lot to do with the different integrations. Nowadays, you can uh, you can use the different platforms and then and link them together. You can use uh, different integrations and make them all work together. And I think that's like uh, a very good point like with, with these uh with these new uh, with these video conferencing systems you can um yeah you can you can basically uh tie them all together and even uh things that might not work um uh, in in a large scale uh, you can uh set them up in a way uh where the integration does work on in a, in a large scale and i think that's a big switch and i think it, it has everything to do with uh moving forward with the technology yeah absolutely
1: yeah so they're spending money on other things too so maybe it's not just on the on the traditional codec and now it's they're able to spend money on other things well
2: exactly. <laughs> you had that example of, of using uh using uh, facetime and i'm putting on a projector and it, 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 immediately uh another thing is is that it, it's not seamless everything you want you want to create this seamless experience so so when you do uh a, a big uh, video conference with uh, maybe with your customers or with uh, with a large group. Um, you want it to be a pleasant experience, and I think that's that's it, it's very like um, like it's it's hard to describe that in technology t- uh, terms. But I think there's a very very big impact on how you uh, are going to make your huddle room or, or your make your conference room. And I think now that. You have these solutions; it becomes easier to think more about uh, about that.
0: But that, I think I think that's you know I think you hit on something there, Emil. Um, you don't explain it in technology terms. Yeah, right? I think that's the one. That's the migration that we as an industry have to get to, is that we stop explaining it in in migrate in, in technology terms. We stop explaining it with this box and that box uh, and go back to what Avixa has asked us to do for the last three to four years and, and continue to talk about the experience, continue to talk about the customer, continue to talk about how they interact with this and, and how they feel honestly at the end of the experience with our, with our technology. So, all right guys, that's, that's going to do it uh, for us. Thank you all so much. Mr. Matt D Scott. Thank
3: you, sir. Thank you. Sorry for talking over you. Oh, not How do people find you? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, you can find me at uh, Matt D. Scott on Twitter and every other social platform. Uh, you can find me at CD, you can find me at AV Nation, uh, or you can find me at OmegaAudioVideo.com. Right, very good. Ms. Corey Schaefer, thank you, ma'am, as always.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. You can find me at uh, Corey Schaefer on Twitter, uh, Corey Schaefer LinkedIn, Corey. Schaefer at QSC. Uh, you, you, you just find me
0: find her she's pretty awesome um also um she'll probably be at the are you are you going to the women uh of avixa event in southern california
1: i'm not because i'm actually um, going on a safari <laughs> That's
2: never mind nice, that is a perfectly acceptable <laughs>
0: excuse uh but there is a, a Women woman in avixa event coming up uh, in southern california um,
1: yeah the 23rd of uh august at mad systems it's going to be an awesome event
0: well, and I'm, I just found out that they're doing one in Chicago, and I'm kind of excited about that because I'm going to jump on the train and, and head north.
1: Awesome.
0: All right, Damil, thank you, sir, as always. Thank you. And how do people get a hold of you?
2: Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, at Socialer, or at Escapation. And uh, as far as Socialer, you can find it uh, Facebook at Socialer, Instagram at Socialer, uh, and so on. Or you can try to Google my name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll point out
0: that I've just referred to him as Emil. Go ahead and pronounce your last name, sir. Emil van de Kufering. Thank you very much. All right, my name is Tom Albright. Uh, don't follow me because at this point, the Bears are already out of the playoffs. Uh, but go by the website, if you would, please, avianation.tv. Aviation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Also, while you're there, please check out our underwriter section. These are the folks that help us financially, that support us and let us do AV week and resi week match show and all the other stuff. And in about three weeks time, they'll help us go to San Diego and bring you all that is new and exciting in the world of residential AV at uh, CD expo. So check that out, uh, all that and more at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV week. <laughs>